Hello and welcome again to UK Property Talk. This is Charles Kelly. Uh, it's Saturday morning and we've had quite a tumultuous week this week in the UK with uh, all the polit political shenanigans going on. Uh, Boris Johnson was uh, ousted as leader of his, his party by his own MPs. Uh, they decided they didn't like Boris anymore and they want to, uh, him to step down and they threatened to remove him next week. So reluctantly he has... Uh, decided to step down and they will elect a new party leader. And that party leader will then go on to become uh, the, the prime minister. Now, they don't need a general election for that. They can simply change the leader and that leader then steps into the role of prime minister. Because in this country, you don't vote for a prime minister or a president. It's not a presidential election system. You vote for your MP and then the party in this case, the Conservative Party, which has the most MPs in Parliament, then goes on to form a government and then chooses a leader. But in effect, the leader would have been the person running for uh, the election as, as the leader. So they generally don't change it just like that. Uh, but in, in effect, we haven't really voted for Boris. We voted for a Conservative member of Parliament who then forms a government. Now, what does it matter to you, whether it's Boris or Michael Gove or Rishi Sunak in power? Well, in some ways it doesn't matter, but it could affect the legislation that's going through at the moment uh, in terms of property. I, I, you know, we've talked about uh, the, the abolition of Section 21 and the no-fault evictions, but these are things that are already going through Parliament. So I don't think those will be affected unless they had a snap general election and then Parliament was dissolved and that legislation fell by the wayside. But uh, that, that, that legislation is likely to go through because it has you know, cross-party support and et cetera with, with the other parties. But, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. So th those things that we talked about before, abolition of no-fault evictions, maybe longer-term tenancies uh, for tenants and, and generally more tenants, right? That, that could still happen. But we don't know the details of that and we don't know what they will put in place in putting into place it, to replace uh, Section 21 with some other form of, uh, fault eviction, where you say, well, we're evicting you because this and this and this. But that what they wanted to abolish was the, the idea that you could just end the tenancy, which I don't know, that, that's the way that they feel. But I, I think um, that there were legitimate reasons for having a no-fault eviction. For instance, the tenancy has ended. We would like you to, to leave now. Uh, we, unfortunately, you've pushed us to the brink and, and said you have to issue this Section 21. Uh, but there's a lot of landlords who feel that Section 21 won't make any difference whether they abolish it or not. So what else has been happening this week? Um, and by the way, other things that have been announced by, by Boris in the past few weeks could fall by the wayside because they're not actually government white papers yet. And these include um, things like uh, he, he said he would allow tenants to buy their housing association property, give them the right to buy. I don't know if that, that will ever see the light of day. We've had the council right to buy in the past, brought in by Margaret Thatcher, who, who allowed millions of, of council tenants to buy their own property. My, my parents were one of those, and it allowed millions of people to go from living in government accommodation to, to move up to owning their own properties. And it changed the whole landscape, and it changed everything, really. Um, the, the fault with that, I think, was that they didn't continue to build any council properties, really, since that time, since that late 70s, early 80s, they've hardly built any new 
large council estates or new large towns like, like you know, the, the, the Milton Keynes, the Basildons, the Harlows, that there hasn't been much of that at all uh, for, for the last 40 odd years. So that's been the fault of that system. But I think the idea of it was a good idea. Now, housing associations didn't come into this uh, un under this rule. So if you lived in a housing association rather than a, a council local authority owned property, you were not given the right to buy. However, housing associations have given people lump sums to leave their properties, uh, for instance, if the place was, was redeveloped. Um, so now what he's saying is now he wants to give people in housing associations the, the right to buy. Uh, now not everyone's in agreement with this. I don't think it will get cross-party support. So we will see how that kind of works out. The council right to buy is still in place. I'm dealing with a inquiry at the moment, someone who's buying their council house, but the discount uh, is still there. I think it's up to 60,000 now, but um, you know, when, when it was, uh, I remember when the discounts were 40, 50,000, but the properties they were buying in, in London, you could buy a lot of the flats for 70, 80, 100,000, you know, even cheaper. You, you could buy properties where the discount would, would almost give you the property. So, uh, but now when, when flats in London are half a million, uh, you know, 60,000 discount is not such a large percentage of the, the total purchase price, if you know what I mean, but it's still there. Um, other things he announced recently were, were lifetime mortgages. These sort of Japan style mortgages that can run for your life and you can pass them on to your children and grandchildren. I think that's a great idea. I've been talking about this for years and I said, why don't we just have that? Why don't we have a lifelong, even interest only mortgage where you just pay the interest and you can pay off the capital when you want. Um, and it's cheaper usually than renting. And it would take people off this endless cycle of rent, renting all the time because renting was never, it, you know, I'm a landlord, but I don't expect people to stay, stay in my property for life. I, I would hope that they would be able to move on to, to better things and buy their own properties. But, you know, if, if you could have a lifelong mortgage, 100% um, mortgage, here's the mortgage. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'd be cheaper in nearly every case to have that mortgage and then just keep the mortgage. And, you know, you don't have to pay it off in 10, 15, 20 years. You just keep it going. And, uh, you know, when you die, you pass it on to your family with the mortgage intact. That You can't do that at the moment. If somebody dies, they have to pay the mortgage off, which means either selling the property or remortgaging, which might not always be possible. So it, it, it is a wrench for people to have to uh, sell a property sometimes just to pay the mortgage off because the lender will not transfer the mortgage to the, to the, to the heirs, to the new owners. Uh, so that I, I think that's a great idea, but whether it will ever see the light of day is, is another story because Boris is gone now. Um, it, it's not something that was put into any form of a government white paper. So I don't know if it will ever happen, but. We, sh we shall see. Other things that are a lot more likely to go through are these leveling up proposals, which I want to talk about now. Uh, these are things where they're, they're looking at uh, unfair leases, uh, ground rents, that's already happened. Properties now will not, uh, if you buy a new build property, you, you should have a better lease and better ground rent arrangement. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy about the types of leases that have been issued to people uh, in, in new build properties like big home builders like Wimpy's who have been putting very unfair leases on, on property. And I think they've stopped it, that the big builders have stopped it. But people had a ground rents, which were like 100, 200 pound a year, doubling every 10 years, which is, is a 
a lot. I mean, the ground rent should be just a peppercorn ground rent. It should be nothing. Um, and it usually has been nothing. But now suddenly you see ground rents of two, three hundred pounds, just a ground rent. It's just, you know, in this country, you have a freehold building, which is then split into flats and they have leases. Uh, and each of those leases has a ground rent, which is usually a small amount of money. But now some of the builders have got greedy with this and ground rents would generally change every 25 years or so. But now they said, no, we'll change it every five years, every 10 years. So that should stop for new builds. But whether it will help people who are in these situations or not is, is another matter. You might have to go back and renegotiate that lease and, and um, change, change the lease. You might have to get together as the leaseholders and change it. But it's expected that in the future, leases will eventually be phased out and you'll just have a common hold where you have a, a share of the freehold, which is a much fairer system. So hopefully that will come through and that, that will continue to go through. Um, other things that are happening this week are um, that Rightmove has confirmed that it's complying with, with new guidelines. It's not legislation, but new guidelines, including giving more information when you uh, list a property for sale. Now, this is for estate agents. A lot of estate agents I've spoken to are not even aware of this. But from now on, when you advertise a property on Rightmove as an estate agent, you will have to include all of the details, such as how much the ground rent is, whether it doubles every five years or not, uh, the length of the lease and, and the service charges. Now, these are all things that have really frustrated me in the past that I see lots of properties advertised in London where they just say flat for sale, 500,000 long lease, you know, or, or they mention the lease. Then you have to email them and say, how long is the lease? Oh, it's a hundred years. You know, I, why can't they put it on the ad? And because it, Sometimes they don't even know the length of the lease. And if you don't know the length of the lease, you say, oh, I think it's a long lease. How can you value the property? Because that property would have a totally different value if the lease was 60 or 70 years or 80 years than it would do if it was 120 years or 999 years with a peppercorn rent. Um, do you know what a peppercorn rent is? A peppercorn is literally where in the past you pay a peppercorn, literally a peppercorn, a piece of peppercorn uh, where you give that to the, the, the owner, and that, that became known as a peppercorn rent. Now, in reality, we don't now give peppercorns, but it's a term that's used, a peppercorn rent. So um, this, is, this is where I think the government are doing a lot of good things. They're doing a lot of good things for uh, tenants. If, if you're on the, on the side of a tenant, they're, they're certainly helping tenants. They're, they're trying to help leaseholders as well, uh, because this has been going on, this unfair leases and the general mess with leases has been going on for centuries and it really only benefits the landed gentry. Uh, leases have been unfair for a long time, not just these new leases that, 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 where the, the ground rent doubles every five years, but the whole idea of a lease is a little bit, I, I think, not in the best interest of people who want to buy a flat. I don't like leaseholds uh, for that reason, because there are restrictions. Uh, as soon as you buy the lease, um, you know, the, the lease is then going down in number of years and effectively is going down in value. And then if you want to extend it, you're at the mercy of the freeholder who can charge you extortionate rates to, to extend the lease. Now, you, if you're in that position, you should go to organisations like the Leasehold Advisory Service. Yes, it's the Leasehold Advisory Service, which is a, a kind of a not-for-profit organisation that helps people with advice on leases. I've been to them myself and I've been in dispute with a freeholder. But then you get freeholders, greedy freeholders who... Uh, ramp up charges, service charges. They try and say that the building needs a lot of work done to it and it's going to cost 
X amount, which is usually double the amount you can get it done for yourself. So I've, I've been in that position myself as a leaseholder, believe me. So I think it's, this leasehold reform is long, long overdue. It's been looked at before, but never they never went far enough. And, and this government is doing some good stuff, although they, they're in, they get a lot of flack uh, from, from the public and the BBC. But I think in this case, they're doing a lot of good for the ordinary person to try and help them in, in these situations. So that's that's happening at the moment with with the right move. And I expect Zoopla will follow. But you have to show everything on the on the ad. You have to show the percentage of a shared ownership if, if that's been sold as a shared ownership. The current ground rent, the current ground rent review period, a number of years, months, a percentage increase, and the annual service charge, which is very important. You know, you can see a flat and you think, oh, that looks, that looks a good flat as a buy to let. And you know, the, the, the price is good, you can get good rent for it. And they and they say, oh yes, you can get. 1500 a month rent but then you find out that the the service charges are five or six thousand pound a year and that, that you're paying that service charge as the owner so that that would wipe out any rental profit now typical flats with high service charges would be flats with with lifts uh, concierge opening the door for you hello sir good, good afternoon that all costs money or fancy reception areas with two or three concierges collecting parcels for you and all that sort of, that that costs money uh, luxury uh, old mansion blocks tend to have very high service charges. There can be five, six, ten thousand a year, even. Uh, even new blocks by the river with a gym, a swimming pool, they cost a fortune to run. They're going to have high service charges. So this will now have to be displayed on, on the, the ads. And sales and rental listings will have to include the council tax ban in England, Wales, Scotland, including exempt and in included options for rental properties. Um, and yeah, so, so that, that's a good thing. Council tax ban. I think a lot of agents do include that. Council tax rates in Northern Ireland as well. Uh, so so that's, that's, that's all a, a good thing. I think it's, it's all part of this sort of leveling up to make things fairer for everybody. Um, it, it's almost like a, a social democratic type of policy rather than the traditional conservative policy, but they're trying to level up and make things fair for, for everybody. So that's a good thing. Not quite, it's not going to happen immediately, but certainly right move definitely jumped on this and they're, they're on the case. Um, so if the miss, they say if the missing is missing, if the information is missing from a listing, it will be highlighted and potential buyers will be uh, redirected to the agent. So that's that's a good thing, I think. Um, I, I, I'm certainly in favor of that. Other things happening this week is that house prices have continued to rise against all expectations, against rising costs of living, 11% expected inflation, Bank of England warning that interest rates are going up, and yet property prices are still going up. They've risen, according to the Halifax, by an average of 13% last year, 1.8% uh, just in June, the steepest monthly increase since 2007. Now, why is this happening? Because of a shortage of certain types of properties that people want to buy, and that's pushing up uh, demand and the prices. So I, I wouldn't read too much into that. But I would read a lot into the chief economist of the Bank of England, who said that uh, interest rates are likely to rise again because they want to bring inflation down from what is current nearly 10 percent and heading towards 11 percent. They want to bring it down to 2 percent. Well, that's going to take a lot of interest rate rises and a lot of pain on people to bring that down. So that's something I think you should be thinking about um, and, and, and just looking at the, the overall cost of living. Uh, average household 
energy bills were expected to go up to £3,000. Now they've revised that figure to so 3300 because they're going to remove another energy cap. So things are, you know, that's 300% increase roughly for most people. That's hitting people in their pockets, in their wallets. It must have an effect on house prices. And it's certainly going to have an effect on the stock market, which I think is, is ready for a big correction very, very soon. So if your pension funds are in stocks and shares, go to your advisor, talk about that, see how you can protect yourself from a potential correction or crash. So I'll put some details up about the properties prices increase. The highest increase area was Northern Ireland, 15%, uh, then Wales and Scotland. Um, London, I, I'm, it's not mentioned in this particular article, but London has been a bit up and down. I'm certainly seeing a lot of flats uh, being reduced in price in London, um, but you know, London will always be London. I think London will always survive, will always be the center of things in the country. Most of the wealth is produced in London and, and people want to live in London. There are jobs there. So I, I, I'm not worried about London, uh, but it's the suburbs that have gone a bit mad with, with all of these house price rises, perhaps because people now can work a bit more from home. Um, so maybe that, that's one of the reasons why uh, things are, are um, changing, the, 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 the dynamics have changed. Now, many of you know that I've started my own estate agency, an online estate agency called Open House South Hearts, covering the South Hertfordshire area of uh, Watford, Bushy, across to Borehamwood and Elstree, Elstree and Borehamwood, then Radlett as well. So we're covering those areas, but we also do auction properties and we've got a lot of bargains for auction properties. We've got an auction partnership and we've got properties all over the country, uh, really good deals actually. Some, if, if you're interested in investing in the Northeast, uh, we're listing a property right now on our Facebook page, Open House South Hearts Facebook page uh, for for just £36,000, a lovely two-bed house, £36,000, uh, with a big backyard as well in, in the Durham area. Uh, another property we're, we're listing at the moment, a four-bed house just in, in the Hartlepool area uh, for £59,000. And that's a starting bid. It's a modern auction. You can go on and, and, and register and then bid. Your bid could be accepted immediately. You don't have to wait. The vendor doesn't have to wait for the... the uh, the, the actual auction date. So it's like a running bid, if you like. And the modern auction is slightly different. You register to, to bid. If you bid online and your bid is accepted, you are committed to buy that property and you will have to put down a deposit by credit card to secure that. And once you've, you've done that, you've exchanged contracts. So make sure that before you bid, you've done all your homework, you've done your survey. If you want to have a survey, you've got your finances in place. Get all your ducks in a row before you bid. It's not like going into an estate agent and say, I'll pay you know, 200,000 for that property, then you can think about it afterwards and get your finances. No, the auction is the reverse. You have to get everything in place, then you bid, then you've exchanged contracts and you have to complete after 28 days. Also with a modern auction, the vendor doesn't pay any fees to sell, the, the, the buyer is paying the fees on that. So it's a slightly different. So if you want to sell your property at auction fast and you're a vendor and you're, you're, you're stuck with the property, let me know wherever it is in the country, we can put it into a modern auction and you can sell it without the obligation of paying any fees up front. Traditional auction houses tend to charge quite a lot of money up front, and they charge the vendor a hefty 2 or 3%, plus there's upfront fees as well. With a modern auction, you don't pay any of those, and you can get your property listed online and maybe sell it very fast. And then once you've sold it, you know that it's sold. You're not going to get a buyer pulling out at the last minute. So think about that. If you're interested in that, get in touch with me. I'll put my details up here. 
um, or you can email me at charles.kelly at localagent.co.uk. I'll put some details up on, on, the, on the notes when I put this out. This will go out on, on YouTube as well. So thanks for listening to UK Property Talk. Hope you're all having a good week um, and hang in there. Whatever happens to the government, what really matters is your economy, not the economy, but your economy. So thanks for listening and, and have, a, have a great weekend. Bye for now.